This is Jeff Young, the Catholic Foodie at CatholicFoodie.com, and you're listening to episode 168 of the Catholic Foodie, Summer Cooking with Marcel Bienvenu. Welcome, folks, to the Catholic Foodie, where food meets faith. I'm your host, Jeff Young, and we are talking today about one of my earliest uh, inspirations in the kitchen. We're talking about Marcel Bienvenu, also known as the Queen of Cajun Cooking. You know, she was born and raised in St. Martinville, which is in southwest Louisiana, And Marcel grew up where good cooking was almost as large an article of faith as the Catholic religion, she says. (laughs) Love that. As a child, her daily life was filled with good food like freshly baked sweet potatoes, slathered with homemade butter and drizzled with locally made pure cane syrup. And we'll talk about all this right here at the Catholic Foodie, where food meets faith. That's right. She grew up with good food, good food in southwest Louisiana, not too far from Lafayette. Uh, Dark and delicious, thick gumbos made with whatever was in season, from chicken and sausage to freshly caught seafood from local waters to the occasional rabbit or wild duck gumbo. She also savored spicy jambalaya that often contained shrimp, smoked sausage, and chunks of tomatoes. Marcel is uh, an inspiration to me. I'll have to tell you that. You know, professionally, uh, Marcel started out as a writer, a food writer to be exact. She wrote for the Times Picayune of New Orleans. It's a newspaper in New Orleans. Uh, she also served as a researcher and um, a consultant to Time Life Books, contributing to many projects, including Foods of the World, American Cooking, Creole and Acadian, and the American Wilderness, the Bayous. Marcel has also worked with many publications such as Food and Wine, Southern Living, Red Book, The New York Times, uh, Saver, and and a host of local publications. She may be most well-known locally, at least, for a little book she published back in 1991 called Who's Your Mama? Are You Catholic? And Can You Make a Roux? (laughs) That's not kangaroo. It's Can You Make a Roux? And uh, a sequel to that book followed in 1998. It's one of my favorite cookbooks, by the way. Because she talks about not only recipes, she didn't give just recipes, she tells stories of her family growing up Catholic in South Louisiana and what all that meant. You know, so much tradition is there. And uh, what a fantastic book. And, and book two is awesome as well. Now, from 1992 to 2005, Marcel worked on many special project was, projects with Emerald Lagasse, including several cookbooks like Louisiana Real and Rustic, one of my absolute favorites, Emerald's Creole Christmas, Emerald's TV Dinners, and Every Day is a Party. Uh, She also contributed to the following Emerald cookbooks, Emerald Primetime, From Emerald's Kitchens, Emerald's Potluck, and Emerald's Delmonico, a restaurant with a past. In 2002, Marcel co-authored Yulamay's Cajun Kitchen with Yulamay Doré. She also co-authored Stir the Pot, the True Story of Cajun Cuisine with Carl Brasso, and Ryan Brasso back in 2005, and she's also the author of Cajun Cooking for Beginners, and more recently, No Baloney on My Boat. I love the story there behind that book. It's a it's a lot of fun. Now, in in addition to writing about food, you know, Marcel has had quite a career as a chef. Uh, her professional cooking started in the, in the uh, 1970s when she was hired to work at Commander's Palace in New Orleans, and uh, while there. Ella Brennan took Marcel under her wing and taught her the ins and outs of the restaurant business. Now, from 19, 
1981 to 1984, she owned and operated her own restaurant in Lafayette, Louisiana, called Chez Marcel. Marcel's also worked with uh, Chef Paul Prudhomme at uh, K. Paul's Kitchen, K. Paul's Louisiana Kitchen, and with Emeril Lagasse. Currently, Marcel teaches culinary arts at the Chef John Fulce Culinary Institute on the campus of Nichols State University in Thibodeau, Louisiana. Marcel Bienvenue is one of my early culinary mentors, as I mentioned. Uh, as I say on the radio show, which uh, you're going to hear attached to this, uh, I brought her. I brought one of her cookbooks into marriage almost 15 years ago. It was Who's Your Mama? Are You Catholic? And Can You Make a Roux? And my wife brought another of Marcel's books into our marriage. It was Louisiana Real and Rustic. And it's a funny story because um, I had... Uh, well, my wife, Char, she had the, the book from uh, the Emerald book, Louisiana Real and Rustic. She actually got that from some event. I can't remember. Something in New Orleans. And Emerald was there. And he actually signed it, autographed it for her. And back, oh my gosh, I guess it was in 2009, maybe June, July 2009, I interviewed Marcel for the Catholic Foodie podcast. And... um when I when I interviewed her, I brought all my Marcel related cookbooks. You know whether they were solely hers, like uh, "Who's Your Mama? Are You Catholic? Can You Make a Roux?" or the ones that she did in conjunction with Emerald. I brought all the ones I had to have her autograph them for me, and it was so cool because here we have the you know the one Louisiana Real and Rustic, which was autographed already by Emerald, and then we got uh, we got Marcel to autograph it too. Fantastic! If you haven't listened to that episode, by the way, and I can't think of the name of you know, like which actual number that was but if you go to catholicfoodie.com and you search for marcel you'll you'll come up with it uh and I, in the show notes for this episode i will put which episode that was back in 2009 but it was fantastic because she's kind of giving us a behind the scenes talking about how um you know the, the 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 recipes in those cookbooks that she did with emerald she was adamant we've got we've got to test these recipes in a real kitchen because that's what people are going to be cooking at. Not a test kitchen, a real kitchen. So I was very impressed by that with, uh, you know, Marcel's just, uh, she's an inspiration. And when you hear her in just a few minutes, you'll know why. I mean, she really is. She's called the queen of Cajun cooking, you know. <laughs> I'm going to give you a heads up, too, on some other stuff that we're talking about in this show. You know, we talk with Marcel about fishing, about uh, gulf shrimp, crabs, all the good stuff that's available here in the summer months. Boiled shrimp and crabs are just a delightful summer pleasure in South Louisiana. We talk about some of the different ways you can prepare shrimp and crabs. We also talk corn and eggplant and okra and creole tomatoes and blueberries and strawberries and all the summer treasures you can find at the local farmer's market. Unfortunately, you know, we lamented the fact that this year's crop of creole tomatoes, at least up to this point, has been somewhat um, disappointing, right? It's been kind of, I don't know. I don't know what it is. We had some uh, cold weather, and that cold weather uh, kind of hung with us in the spring a lot longer than, than normal, and maybe that affected the crop. I don't know. Uh, it's a mystery, but it's, you know, I love Creole tomatoes, so I was a little upset by that. Anyway, you can uh, listen to the show, listen to the conversation that we have with Marcel in just a moment. Uh, a couple of the things that are on the show, we talk about um, flipping amazing ice cream. 
that's the name, folks. The na- it's named by by what it is. You know, it's named for what it is. It's flipping amazing. This ice cream is cream cheese ice cream that a friend of mine actually uh, makes and sells at the local farmer's market. It is unbelievably delicious. And <laughs> you're going to have to go to catholicfoodie.com to see the pictures of this. I mean, this blueberry cobbler cream cheese ice cream. I mean, it's just, it's just ridiculous. It's it's incredible. You've got to see the, the picture. If you haven't yet, over at catholicfoodie.com. And we talked about that on the show because we're talking about what's available in the farmer's markets and, and we you know making the fresh fruit, the blueberry season, and the you know, you've got this ice cream, too. Golly, it goes great with cobbler, by the way. So uh, you check that out. And also we have Susan Ford with Louisiana Kitchen and Culture Magazine. Susan comes on to talk to us about the latest issue of Louisiana Kitchen and Culture and also what to expect with the uh, the, the upcoming issue. Uh, lots of good stuff. She's, she gives us some behind-the-scenes on uh, some of the feature articles there in Louisiana Kitchen and Culture, which is a magazine that's found across the United States. I mean, it's amazing, the distribution of this magazine. Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Probably 50 to 60 recipes in every issue. I mean, it's just, uh, I I love this. (laughs) I absolutely love this magazine. So you can check that out. There's links, by the way, to all this stuff, all this stuff, over in the show notes over at CatholicFoodie.com. Now, you know, what I'm going to do in a moment is I'm going to play uh, a little commercial for you. And after the commercial, I'm going to uh, play the, la- the the latest episode, or not really, we don't call it an episode in radio. It's, it's the latest show from the Around the Table Food Show. That was what Marcel joined us on. Around the Table Food Show, is it, it debuted back in April, April 12th of this year. And it airs in New Orleans and Baton Rouge on Catholic Community Radio, which you can find over at CatholicCommunityRadio.org. And uh, you can listen to it online. I have all the shows archived over at CatholicFoodie.com. And, and it's very similar to the Catholic Foodie podcast. You know, the Around the Table Food Show is a show that talks about food and faith. It's, it's, uh, it celebrates the joy of cooking and dining. It encourages folks to get back into the kitchen, to gather around the table with friends and family, because good things happen around the table. You know, we highlight, we try to highlight on this show the local culture, the cuisine of Louisiana. Uh, it's hosted by Dave Dawson and myself and also Monsignor Nalty in New Orleans. He's a, a, a pastor in, in, in New Orleans. And uh, it, it's just, it's an amazing show. It's a lot of fun. We've done some stuff on location. Fantastic show. And actually is now airing in Ohio, too. There's a station in Ohio which is airing uh, the Around the Table Food Show, kind of wild. A New Orleans show is airing in Ohio, but cool nonetheless. So you can check more out over at the show notes, uh, in the show notes over at catholicfoodie.com. Please do that and let me know if you have any thoughts, comments, questions, anything about this show, Marcel, summer uh, veggies, uh, summer menus, uh, cream cheese ice cream. I mean, whatever it may be, you can certainly leave feedback for me at uh, by calling 985-635-4974. That is the feedback line, 985-635-4974. And what that does, I can take that and incorporate it into the next episode of the Catholic Foodie 
I can answer your feedback right there. Voice feedback, of course, you can always reach me via email at jeff at catholicfoodie.com, and you are certainly free to comment uh, on the website at catholicfoodie.com for this post or any post, and also over at Facebook, facebook.com slash catholicfoodie. Now, without further ado, we're going to have a little uh, station identification here, and then we're going to follow that with the radio show where Marcel Bienvenu comes in and, and talks to us about summer veggies. Hi, this is Jeff Young, the Catholic Foodie, and I want to invite you to join me on a unique pilgrimage to the Holy Land. Over 2,000 years ago, God became man in Jesus of Nazareth. The event that radically changed history, and indeed all of creation, took place in the small town of Bethlehem in Israel. God is now one of us. For years I have longed to go to the land that received God of the flesh. I've wanted to walk the same roads that Jesus walked, to eat the same foods that Jesus ate with his friends and disciples, to visit the holy places that have been touched by the hand of God. I know that by doing so, the scriptures will come alive for me in a way that I have never experienced, because I will be in the very places where so much of the stories from the Bible actually happened. And it cannot help but increase and strengthen my faith. I want to invite you to join me on this pilgrimage, which will take place from February 5th to the 15th, 2014. The deadline for registration is September 20th, 2013. Registration forms and all the details can be found at catholicfoodie.com slash holyland. Welcome to Around the Table. I'm David Dawson with Jeff Young. Monsignor Nalti is out this weekend. Hey, Jeff. Hey, how you doing? Fine. It's Friday. It sure is. It's always Friday around here. It's getting better <laughs> and better. It is always. <laughs> yeah, if they only knew. <laughs> That's right. That's right. It's always Friday around here. Well, I tell you what, uh, I'm looking forward to this show because this show uh, brings back a, an old friend of mine. And, well, I, uh, I know. I tell you, I, I've... One of my inspirations when it comes to cooking and being in the kitchen and, yeah. and of course, just our Louisiana heritage, you know. This is like one of my, my mentors, uh, yeah. in a way, one of my inspirations. We, we've got Marcel Bienvenu on the show today. Marcel Bienvenu and the cookbook uh, that is my favorite. I just love the title because it says it all. Who's your mama? Are you Catholic? And can you make a roux? Hey, Marcel. Hi, Dave. Hi, Jeff. Hey, how you doing? Good, good. I just I still can't get over the cookbook. It just it just blows my mind after this many years. How many prints have you had of this cookbook? How many what? Uh printings of this cookbook have you had? Uh Oh my gosh, I think it's in the fifth printing. Wow, no. And kidding. there's a book too that came out later and it it's all just also doing well. Really? And then I you know, I did a couple of years ago well, not quite two years ago I did the Nobaloni on my boat. Uh-huh, nope, that's right. Yep. on my boat. I love okay. it. It's fun. <laughs> that's a fun, fun one. I like that name, too, because that's just one of the staples when I go fishing. <laughs> well, that's, my, my, that's what, that was the deal. Whenever we would go out on the boat, my father would have a checklist. Yeah. And he would not leave the pier until he had gone through the checklist. And it was always a pound of bologna, uh, you know, Benjamin-made bread, uh, boiled eggs that were in a jar <laughs> uh, with salt and pepper, you know, a tin of Vienna sausage, a tin of sardines, and a, and a, a sleeve of uh, saltine crackers. Oh, I mean, goodness. he was religious. I mean, he could leave his uh, bait oh. and rod and reel, but if you didn't have that on the boat, you were out of luck. Well, I mean, everything you said is, is bringing a tear to my eye. That's that's That was our menu. Oh, my gosh. I mean, 
golly, especially the Vienna sausage and the, and, and the sleeve of sausage. The name came about was uh, several years ago, we, we, uh, well, for several years, we went uh, with about 10 boats. We would leave in Lake Charles and go to uh, Galveston by way of the Intracoastal Canal. Yeah. And we would always stop at the Sabine mm-hmm. to have lunch. And one year, my brother, who also would, you know, had the same list as Daddy, said, would you be in charge of the food for lunch? I said, be happy to. So I'd made a gazpacho. I had grilled some um, little beef tenderloins. We had potato salad. You know, so when I put it all on, he said, where's the bologna? I said, there's no bologna on the boat. He went, we going home. Oh, wow. So they were very religious about that. Well, now, 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 what kind of recipes do you have in this book? It's easy. Well, what I tell you to do, it, it doesn't matter what kind of boat you have. Right. And you have to know your limitations. If you just have an ice chest, yeah. I tell you a few things that you can make ahead and bring. Okay. Or if you have a bigger boat that you might have a little, you know, a, maybe a bigger boat that has a little uh, 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 cooktop. Yeah, gotcha. Some other things. There are a lot of things to prepare in advance. And you can use it not only for boating, but for backyard uh, parties or, you know, by the pool. Or uh, I've even found some people that use it when they go camping. Yeah. So it's just easy, fun stuff for the summer. What if you have a boat like Jeff's where you have a personal chef? Uh, what if oh, you, yeah, right. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, I'm the yeah. personal chef. Yeah, I'm my own it. personal chef. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, and, and really getting back to this, uh, who's your mama? Are you Catholic? Can you make a roux? I mean, that, that I'm sure is still a, a bestseller, just the title itself. Uh, kind of. Yeah, it, it's enjoying a good long run. And I guess every once in a while uh, I get calls from different parts of the United States and Either they have happened on to it while visiting the area, yeah. or somebody has given it to them. So it's been around the world. I even got a note from a lady in Ireland last summer. Somebody from uh, Lafayette had stayed at her bed and breakfast and left their coffee for her. <laughs> so anyway, it's been everywhere. Well, if anybody needs good food, it's Ireland. So I'm glad they left that <laughs> book there. <laughs> Well, you know, you know, Marcel. In addition to the books that you've written yourself, you've worked on several other projects too. I remember just a few years back after Katrina, yeah. uh, you did something uh, with the Times Picayune. Yeah, huh? cooking up a storm, and that was really a community effort. You know, after the storm, everybody was calling in to the paper looking for recipes they had lost, uh, or you know, and uh, they'd lost all their cookbooks. And I mean, it was really uh, sad. And what prompted the people at the Picayune to think about doing a book, because this poor lady had sent a picture of her, of her with two broken legs and her daughter trying to pin their recipes on a clothesline. Oh, my goodness. And so wow. we started a thing called Exchange Alley, so that if you lost such a recipe but I had it, I could give it to you. Okay. So it was really a big community effort of people trying. We were trying to mix, mix uh you know, join people together so that they could get the recipes that they were missing. Mm. And we were very lucky because on the uh, uh, the Louisiana State Library website, mm-hmm. there's some great search engines there. Yeah. So we could go back and find recipes that were in the Picayune 30, 25 years ago. Oh, wow. Of course, uh, the Picayune has a great uh, library as well. So we were able to do a lot of work, uh, research through that. And it was nominated for a James Beard Award, which was very nice. Yeah. We didn't win, but it was a good, good um, pat on the back for everybody that contributed to that book. That's a good cause. I, I use it. I use it a lot. That's important. That's yeah. our culture. Right? Well, you know, it's a great collection of New Orleans dishes, you know, from yeah. restaurants, from people's personal uh, recipe files. It, it really is a story about New Orleans and how important it, how how important food is. I remember when I was interviewed by, uh, I don't know, LPB or um, NPR, NPR, mm-hmm. 
saying if this would if this, if Katrina had gone to Utah, nobody had lost any good recipes. I know, <laughs> but you know, New Orleans people you know find comfort in their food. Yep, yep, it's important. So yeah. for them, you know, right after the storm, the the best thing that they wanted was a home cooked meal or a pot of red beans and rice to make them feel better. And that was tough, I think, for a lot of the folks who had to leave the city. I mean, they they, yeah. they scattered. It was like the diaspora. You know, they're mm-hmm. all over the country. And and the thing that we hold so near and dear to our hearts here is is our food and our. It's part of our culture. It's part of our family. And when you couldn't even get that, well, boy. you know, even as we were, everybody was uh, trying to get back after Katrina. We we were talking to I don't know some guy in New Orleans, and he said he worked for some one of the construction companies, and he mm. said everybody wants their kitchen done first. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to heck with you know, uh, bathrooms and bedrooms, whatever. They want their kitchen. That's right. Because that gave them a comfort, some that, comfort. That makes so much sense. I mean, it's who we are, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, Marcel, what you doing nowadays? You're, you're well, over I'm in... still teaching at uh, Nichols State University in All the right. John Foles Culinary Institute, yep. which I'm, it's almost five years, and I thought I was only going to be there for a while to help them out because the enrollment has just tripled in the culinary school. I bet it has. And we're on top of each other. We're in a 9,000-square-foot area of one building, and we just broke ground for a new building of 33,000 square feet. Oh, wow. And I told them to get with it because I don't want to be in my wheelchair <laughs> by the time they get finished. So I'm, 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 it's going to be a fabulous um, uh, building. It's, it's right on Highway 1 across from Bayou Lafourche. Yeah. It's a beautiful setting. Our bistro will be in there. Uh, we're going to have a retail area so that all of our, uh, our some of our baking goods can be sold. Really, uh, it's, we're excited about it. I'm, I think it's, I'm thrilled. Okay, so it's teaching, but it would be open to the public for us to go eat. Oh yeah, we have a bistro that's been open to the public since oh 2007. Okay, wait, uh, you got to tell me about this. Every Wednesday and Friday. All right. Uh, uh, Wednesday and Friday nights during the uh, spring and fall. Yeah. During the summer, we do lunch on Tuesday, Wednesday and Fridays. And ours, it's student-operated. Of course, we have, I, I, I did that for four years. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chef Caston, but every, if they're rotating us out every once in a while to get different um, people to teach it. And half the semester, the students, uh, well, there's usually, usually about 18 to 24 students, and we work them in teams mm-hmm. so that they all have a, a leadership uh, positions such as executive chef and sous chef, or captain and uh, maitre d' in the dining room. Right. So they half the semester, some of them work in the front of the house, and the other then they switch around. They go to the back of the house. Gotcha. They develop their own menus, recipes, <clears throat> and they do it all with our supervision. But it's a deal. I mean, wow. we 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 are booked sometimes the whole semester. Why it's hands on oh, wow. training. Hands on. It's great yeah. training. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, I had some students, I'm not carrying a, 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 a tray. I said, oh, yes, you yes, are. Yes, you are. <laughs> and they have to learn how to, uh, you know, do requisitions, how to go to our suppliers. It's a great training tool. And the kids love it. We are very, very, uh, very appreciative that the community is so supportive because people from the university and mm-hmm. the people from the community, we have people that come in from New Orleans and yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Road trip here. Yeah, it's a wonderful, it's a wonderful deal. Yeah, and it's yeah. it's only like forty five dollars for a four, three to four meal, three to four course meal. Holy cow! Oh, that sounds so good. So it's, it's a it's a it's a we don't serve bad food. No, well, no. of course not. Uh uh-uh. uh. <laughs> Can't do that. No. So it's it's a good after that after that class. I'll have a lot of students that said that was a turning point in their college uh, program because it really gave them a 
uh, you know, realistic idea of what goes on in the real world. Gotcha. That's fantastic. I mean, yep. that's, and, and and you've got the the groundbreaking for this new place that's uh, that's uh, just started, huh? Yeah, we should. We should hopefully spring. Uh, I mean, the fall of two thousand fourteen, okay. if everything works. But you know, we never can say that it's written in stone. Well, yeah. we, we'll just pray for the weather, right? We got that's, that's the we gotta pray, make pray, sure pray. the weather's all right. Now, tell so. me, guys, what y'all been doing? Have y'all been going to the farmers markets? Yes, Ooh. indeed. Yes, indeed. In fact, uh, that's what I wanted to talk to you about, too, is, you know, this is, well, it's tomato time, it's shrimp time, you it's know, we got... Corn we, time okra. Yeah. And, um, you know, I always tell people during the summer, especially when there's so many uh, fruits and vegetables available, to let the market, whatever's at the market, dictate your menu for your di- for your meals. Yeah. And, uh, you know, right now there's, uh, yesterday, I, I should never put an all-call out be careful what you ask for. Yeah. I was wanting some eggplant, and yesterday somebody uh, from near Lauraville brought me 20 <laughs> eggplant. I went, uh-oh. Oh. <laughs> um, same with corn, but, yeah, I make mock shoe. And then what I do when I make mock shoe, because I scrape the, cor- the cob, yeah, yeah. and I keep that, and I make a, a, a corn broth, a corn stock. Okay. With the, with the cob. make corn soup. All right. And you can use some of your corn that you have scraped off to make mock shoe. Mm-hmm. You can use those wonderful tomatoes. You can put some uh, smoked sausage or ham. You can put shrimp if you want. Yes. And I put that in the freezer for when those cold winds blow. Yeah, yeah. That's true. That's true. Now, what do you do when you get 20 eggplants? Well, last night I stuffed about eight of them. Okay. And my husband promptly ate two whole two halves without even blinking an eye. Oh, yeah. And um, <laughs> he's not a big guy either. He's not a you know. I don't know how he does that. I know, bless his heart. Yeah. And uh, then I also put up uh, smothered, uh, smothered, smothered the eggplant with some Italian sausage, so that I can later make a rice eggplant dressing with that, oh, which I really God. like. Mm. It really has a wonderful. It, it freezes flavor. good, right? I'm sorry. It freezes good. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So, so you make um, the, the dressing and the and the and the and the stuffed eggplants and just kind of put them away too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. uh, but you know, the, right, and then you know, everything's so beautiful. The blueberries, the strawberries. Oh my goodness! <laughs> uh, at Red Stick Market the other day, there was just a, a, you know, all kind. I mean, I came home and I said, "Oh, what have I done to myself?" <laughs> um, they have a thing, thing that's going to be in a couple of weeks called Tomato Me Crazy. Yep, I oh. remember Tomato Me Crazy. I've done that a couple of years ago, and I, yeah. you know, it, it's it's just the right time to do that. Yeah, yeah. This... Now let me ask y'all something. Have y'all found some good Creoles yet? Yeah, Jeff found some Creoles, but he said they weren't good. What'd you find? I haven't found anything good yet. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm wondering, you, do you, I don't know if, if you know anything about this, but uh, we, we had a long discussion just the other day, my wife and I, with a friend of ours who is also an avid uh, uh, Creole tomato lover, and they just don't taste the same this year. I know. My heart is broken. Now, I got a, an email the other day from a lady down in Bell Chase. She said, mm-hmm. you come to my, I said, well, okay, I'll come to your house. But what they're labeling as Creole tomatoes, not that they're bad, they're no. just not what I remember as good old Creole tomatoes tasted like. I mean, I'm, I'm wondering um, if it has to do with the, uh, maybe the, the change in the soil after the storms. I, I don't know. Uh, it's, 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 it's a mystery. It's got to be the weather. It's, a bit, it's been cooler. Well, maybe? we had a cool uh, yeah. spring. Yeah. So tomatoes are a little bit late this year. Yeah. And I did go, you know, make a, I went to my neighbors the other day and hung on his fence with my sad face. He said, what's the matter? I said, I haven't had a good tomato yet. <laughs> so he brought me a couple of them, and they best boys or better boys or yeah, something, yeah, right. and they were fabulous. They were good. So mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe it's just the time, it's not ready yet. 
Yeah, we've just we've had some good heirlooms that we've gotten from yeah. the farmers market, but not uh, not any Creoles that no, were nothing. that were good. I so. got a few the other day from Ponchatoula that were pretty good. They but they took a long time, but they were kind of green, so mm-hmm. I had to let them sit out right. for a while. Right. Maybe it's right. too early. Maybe maybe yeah, that's nuts. what I'm saying. Maybe it is too early. You know, because we had we had it's just now starting to get hot. And, and yeah. it is a little late for it to be getting this right, hot. Right, right. So I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm complaining a lot more that it's hot. But yeah. uh, <laughs> I, would, I would complain earlier in the year, you know, that it yeah. was hot. Hey, yeah. hey, Marcel, do you want to uh, hang with us uh, through the break? And when we come back, uh, maybe you want to throw a few recipes our way? Sure. All right, great. Uh, we're going to come back with uh, Marcel Bienvenu, author of many cookbooks. Uh, one of my favorites is Who's Your Mama? Are You Catholic? Can You Make a Roux? And uh, let's talk about seasonal stuff. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Around the Table. I'm David Dawson. Sitting across from Jeff Young, Monsignor Christopher Nalty is off this week. Probably having a free 4th of July festivity fun, right? Yeah, just you know, getting a little break. Yeah, priests need breaks. Oh, they work yeah. all the time. That's right. That's right. And if you're just joining us, we have been visiting with Marcel Bienvenu, author of Who's Your Mama? Are You Catholic? Can You Make a Rue? And the other cookbook was No Baloney on My Boat. And then other, th- well, the, the other cookbook we were talking about. Uh, uh, this was uh, cooking up a storm. Cooking yes. up a storm. Yeah. Yes. Hey, Marcel, welcome back. Marcel is like the, the she's the called the queen of Cajun cooking now. I mean, uh-huh. you know, she she yep. knows her stuff. She's been involved in lots of different uh, projects too. I know, uh, Marcel. I was going to mention this to you. I was uh, talking to someone earlier about the fact that I have a wedding uh, anniversary coming up later uh-huh. this year, and uh, when I came into marriage, I brought. Your book, your cookbook, Who's Your Mama, Are You Catholic, Can You Make a Rue? I brought that into the marriage. My wife brought in uh, Emerald Lagasse and Marcel Bienvenu, Louisiana Real and Rustic. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good book. And yeah. we, we use these two books all the time. Yeah. Those are very basic, traditional um, uh, recipes. I think we tried to stay as true to the, um, the, 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 the local cuisine as possible. What's really scaring me sometimes is everybody calls everything Cajun, and you just put yep. pepper in it. And it I go, no, no, no. It burns your mouth. Um, it's Cajun. Yeah. yeah. So uh, we felt. I feel that both of those books are very traditional. That's what I like about them too. They're really not. Uh, when you go through these cookbooks, you're like every recipe you come across, you say, I can do that. You know. Yeah. There's and, nothing uh, exotic in there. Yeah. Uh, and you know now you can get Cajun products. You know, I mean, Zatarans yeah. and community call anywhere. You know. Mm-hmm. Right. There's nothing in there that you can't usually find or at least find a substitute. And I, I recall speaking with you a while back uh, about that book in particular, The uh, Real and Rustic, and uh, you had mentioned something about the way you tested the recipes. They were done in a real kitchen? Yes. We, we tested them in, in a home kitchen rather than ah. in, the, in a kitchen at the restaurant. So they're all really cookable. And, you know, because I always say this, and I'm sure every chef is going to come and stab me in the back. <laughs> I think chefs <laughs> have a hard time writing a recipe for home use because they're used to being in a big kitchen where there's everything. You know, where yeah. I, I, I don't I don't make stock every day of every kind, um, and they're used to having things uh, you know pre pre done. 
Mm-hmm. Right, right. So, and, uh, you know, bless their hearts. I, mean, I used to fuss at Emeril and even Paul Prudhoff, you know, and said, we have to think about these poor little people in their little houses, what, to, what they have to do mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. achieve that recipe. Right, we don't have somebody uh, prepping before we walk in the kitchen and say, right. all right, is everything ready for me? And right. I think another book I helped with, which is a really cute book, was Eula uh, May's Cajun Kitchen. That's right. She was the, the cook at McElhaney for years. And she was a delight to work with because she um, she taught me a lot. She, I, she didn't want to do the book at all. And you know, I had my little uh, measuring cups, my measuring. She says, oh, I don't do that. I said, well, we have to do it because the poor little lady in, in Wyoming, she needs to know how many drops of Tabasco or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I remember um, when we started doing the testing, uh, Mr. McElhaney, Paul McElhaney, who passed away not too long ago, said, now, if y'all need anything, y'all go buy some new pots and pans. I went, oh, boy. Mm-hmm. So I said, Miss Eula, we could go get some new, new pots and pans. Mm-hmm. She said, honey, I can't cook in, 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 uh, in uh, pans I don't know. And I went, you mean we can't go spend any money? <laughs> and even she had to go cook in New York City one time, and we had to ship her pots up there. Her own pots. Wow. Because she wouldn't cook with any new pots. Oh. But it's true. I mean, you just get to where you can handle Yeah, you know, I do. I have my utensils and I have my pots. You're absolutely right. And if I go to somebody else's house and I'm helping out with the cooking, it's just all weird. Yeah, you have your own personal personal, uh, pots and pans. Yeah, otherwise it gets all weird. We were talking about... uh, we were talking about the stuff that's fresh, uh, uh-huh. fresh, fresh at the uh, the farmers markets, you know, in in New Orleans and in Baton Rouge. And let's see, this year we were talking. I mean, this <laughs> this week we were talking about uh, tomatoes. We were talking shrimp. We were talking blueberries. Y'all got any recipes y'all want to throw out? At well, us? I have one that I think is really good right. with corn and zucchini and tomatoes. Oh. Oh, okay, wow. all right. And you know, you can get the corn off that cob, mm-hmm. cook it in, in a little bit of butter and olive oil with some onions. You can add some tomatoes. Mm. You can add in some chopped uh, zucchini or yellow, uh, summer squash, yellow squash. Okay. Then you add some pepper cheese, oh, pepper jack ooh, cheese. Yeah. Really? And let it cook and get creamy. Yeah. You add a little milk or cream if you want. It is some good. My goodness. Wow. I mean, is that served like in a... I just eat it. You just, it's served on <laughs> your plate. Yeah, I, okay. I was Martha Stewart. I'd put it in a, or maybe Paul Prudhoff, put it in a little, maybe in a little zucchini boat. Yeah, a little, uh, okay. And put it in the oven or something and yeah. put the cheese on top. Kind of melt it and brown it and make it all pretty and everything. Mm-hmm. But you, you just some throw and, it in your dish uh, and eat my it. My other yeah. thing about, my other corn thing I like is uh, roasting corn. Okay. Oh, wow. And I saw something the other day uh, in, I don't know, either my Severe magazine where, you know, you peel back uh, the husk and you take all the silk out. Okay. But don't tear away the um, the husk. Right. And make yourself a lime and salt and black pepper and butter. All right. Softened butter. And then just smear it all over the corn kernels, then wrap it back up. You can mm. tie it with a, a string or whatever. And slow roast them either on your grill or in your oven. That's a good one for this wow. coming up. Wasn't that, uh, doesn't that sound more? I, that. That. I haven't had roasted corn in years. It's right. good. All right, so you just soften the butter up, squeeze yep, a little a lime little juice in there, a little salt and pepper. pepper. And a little lime juice. Yeah, yeah. Okay, lime juice, all right. Of course, my husband said, well, why, it's kind of, why not lemon? I said, just use the lime juice. It's, please <laughs> mm-hmm. trust me. And uh, it really has a nice flavor. I bet it does. Boy, that really does sound good. And mm-hmm. then, and then, and then you wrap, then you wrap the husks back. Yeah, on there. I mean, if you want to, you can take the husk off, but you can use you wrap them in foil or something. I but, got you. You know, just don't take all the husk off and just take the silk out, mm-hmm. and then wrap them back up. That's going to lend a little flavor. Wow, that's good, Jeff. You got a recipe? 
A res- well, I don't know if I have a recipe right now. My wife did this, though, just because, um, right. you know, I don't bake. Uh, okay. tip- yeah. Well, I do king cakes from scratch. But That's because you got to measure. Other than that, I don't really bake a whole lot. That and pizzas from, from scratch. But um, my her. wife my wife made um, a blueberry cobbler mm-hmm. uh, twice this past week because uh, – or two weeks ago now um, – because we had two different celebrations, Father's Day, of course, she mm-hmm. made one then, and then I, uh, my birthday actually was a couple weeks ago. So, mm-hmm. uh, but she made this this blueberry cobbler from blueberries we got at the the uh, market uh, the, at the market. Yeah, yeah. And man, it was uh, fresh. It was simple. You don't over sugar it, right? Don't over sweeten it. Allow yeah. the fruit to kind of yeah take Pop care out, of yeah. that. And uh, it it was. Little ice cream on yep. top, you know, mm-hmm. fresh ice cream that we got. Actually, we got the ice cream at the market too. Oh, uh, yeah! It's a, a new company. They're they're making this. It's uh, cream cheese ice cream. It's called Flippin' Amazing Ice Cream. Like Creole cream cheese ice cream. It's a. Uh, I don't know if it's Creole yeah. cream cheese, but it's well, Creole. It's, it's cream cheese ice cream. It's wait, amazing. Wait, what's it called? Flippin' Amazing <laughs> Ice Cream. Flippin' Amazing. Well, last night I had a lot of blueberries, and then I cooked them down and then squeezed all the juice out mm-hmm. and used that in my homemade ice cream. Oh, Ooh, that's it so was good. good. And the color is beautiful. I bet it is. All right, y'all, uh, it's shrimp season. Well, you know, I haven't had my good shrimp from the... We usually go down to Vermilion Bay, yeah. to Marsh Island, and... And, uh, you know, do cast nets. Right. But I have to call my friend Mr. Pat Caffrey because he owes me a trip up over there for shrimp and mm. crabs. Ooh. And you're, now you're throwing your own cra- cast nets out there? Yeah. Go we go to the two, three little levees, like little dams. Yeah, yeah. On, uh, Mar- on uh, Marsh Island. Yeah. And if you get there early enough, you can commandeer a little corner because everybody goes there. But we catch, last summer, we caught about six pounds with cast nets yeah. within oh. two hours. Oh, wow. Wow. oh my goodness! I mean, it was fabulous. I mean, when you get home and the shrimp is still jumping, yes, oh, that's right. good. <laughs> wow, that is that's that has fresh. got to taste. You know, and really, I'm all about cooking uh, the shrimp with the head on. I mean, almost in everything that I well, is that where all the flavor is? Yeah, oh, well, the fat. You know, yeah. the fat is yeah. where the flavor. That is good. That is good. Because <laughs> a lot of times you get both I mean, shrimp. What's and, better than crawfish fat? Oh, oh God. next fat. to nothing. Crab I mean, fat. Hey. Yeah, crab fat is <laughs> the best. That is good. I'm sorry, that is the best. That that rules everything. Well, that's, uh, you know, that's, I mean, barbecue shrimp. We love doing barbecue shrimp, yeah. which is an interesting thing, you know, because it's, it's not, not barbecue. really barbecued. No. I know. But uh, we love it. And, yeah. and you get and it's that good and easy and everything. Yeah. Simple. It's messy. You have to put a bib on. At least I do. Man, you're uh, wallowing in you, it. And you have to have a, 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 a loaf or two of French bread handy, yes. too. Yep, yep. Can't that's let good. that good stuff go. And but, you can also throw shrimp into some mock shoe. Okay. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Right. I mean, I think that's pretty darn good, too. You're doing that, too. You know, I, I was going to say, my, my barbecue shrimp recipe is, I mean, the key to that, I guess I'll just let that ring. Uh, the, the key to that is the shrimp has to be dry. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I, that, that's where I, when I first started to do it, I would really mess up. I wouldn't get the shrimp dry enough. And so the shrimp would give off its own water when it was cooking with the butter. Yeah. You know? And I would have this wet mess, you know. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and so what I wound up doing was taking the shrimp and I would put it uh, in newspaper, let it dry a little bit yeah, on the newspaper. Yeah. And then I would do it. And, oh, man, it made all the difference in the world. But the head has to be on. Oh, I agree. Absolutely. Yeah, because the, 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 the head made part of the gravy with the, with the butter. It was butter, um, a lemon juice, a whole lot of black pepper. I mean... Covering the shrimp to where you can't see it, black pepper. Um, uh, what's your, 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 your sauce? A little bit of that. <laughs> yeah. That's right. That's right. And, and not much else. Uh, maybe a little garlic for laughs. And, you can and put a little bit of fresh herbs. That's another thing of my... I love summertime because I have all my fresh herbs. Yeah, yeah. But you can put a little thyme in there. You can put a little bit rosemary. 
it, it, it just cooks up so easy, too. Yeah, it's right? good. Do you, do it in, I, you don't need a whole lot in there. Do you do it in the butter, oven, or do you butter, do it? shrimp, and lemon juice, and uh, what you know, what else do you need? Yeah. Except that. your French bread to dip it in. A lot of that, too. And the thing, I mean, it's quick, too, because shrimp, you know, they, yeah. they don't cook very long. Do you guys do it in a pot, or you do it in the oven? Well, I do it in the oven, but the other day at school, one of the students, that, when we wanted them to have a little action station at one of the, we did, I'd do a buffet once or twice a year. Right. And he said, look, I'm going to make it, you know, as an action station. I said, go ahead, Jacob. And, um, you know, he just, he would put, he had made a little bit uh, uh, of the sauce. Yeah. You know, lemon juice and butter and all that. And he'd put it in the skillet and put like five or six shrimp and he'd shake it around. Mm -hmm. And then he added a little bit of brandy and flamed that. Oh, Oh, wow. Now you've gone oh, beyond nice. barbecue shrimp. I don't know yeah, what to call that. Yeah, on a little piece of toasted French bread, and everybody was happy. Oh, I oh, bet everybody good. was really happy. Yeah. So, golly, that is, that that that's another good one. It's also crab season, y'all. I know. So. I'm, I'm, they, they, I'm hearing that there's a shortage of crabs in the in Lake Pontchartrain. Is it? That's what I've heard too. And mm-hmm. I, I don't. I mean, that, I, we we still catching them at, at uh, on the Million Bay, but yeah. um, in New Orleans, there's been a little. Pick up or something. I don't know what's happening. Well, I got a report from Grand Isle said they're running. So, they're running uh, there? Yeah, yeah, they're doing all right in Grand Isle. Well, there was some at Rouse's um, in uh, Thibodeau the other right. day when I was there, and I think it was, who they weren't cheap, $9 a dozen or oh, something, no. but wow. they were beautiful. Yeah, they, they had them. still a, crawling around and beautiful. Yeah, they, they, they were big. I mean, it was, it was they were good size. Yeah, I saw right. them at uh, Rouse's in Covington, too, right, uh, right. the other day, and they were two ninety nine a pound. Well, you know, you know, everybody, uh, my students are too lazy, <laughs> bless their hearts. Uh, you know, they, why you, why you just, why do you want to hit ball crabs? You have to work so hard. Yep, that's all. I said, well, hey, but the the, the result is good. Yeah. Oh yeah. Not only that, it's an event. You know, that's that's kind of what we 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 talk about with this show around the table. Is it gets you around that table visiting for hours, right? I yeah. mean, the, the the crab is lanyap. I mean, the crab is awesome, delicious. But you're visiting, you're having a good time. And the crab so. goes so well with like beer, you know. Well, and, now you know that's a really important part there. Absolutely. <laughs> so it's an event, and you you get to hang out and talk and get to yeah. know each other. And, and that's why you know I teach a class on culinary history of the American South. And during that class, I really tell these, because I have students that are not from this area, that, you know, eating at the table together is such a, a, a wonderful uh, thing to do. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, no it's matter important. what you're cooking, or, you know, to involve people in cooking, because that's how you learn about different cuisines. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and especially these, the, some of our students that are not from this area, they think it's fabulous. Yeah, yeah. You know, having big crawfish balls or a crab boil or it's making probably... a gumbo. They think, you know, some of them have just gone, what are y'all doing? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> y'all are cooking all the time. You're cooking all the time and you're sitting around eating all yeah. the time. And, and, and I do think that we gain a lot more than it's just uh, uh, sitting around eating good food. I mean, it, it again, most importantly, like uh, Jeff and I are always talking about, I learned a great deal at my table, mm-hmm. you know, uh, mm-hmm. with, with my family. And uh, I just, it just, you, you grow in all kinds of ways. Right. Well, that, that's how relationships are, are, are formed. Are formed. Seal, yeah. You know, after, I have four-hour labs every day at school. Yeah. And, you know, I, I may be cooking in the, um, you know, fruits and vegetables, and the next class is doing, is a baking class, and maybe the class on the other side is, Soup stocks and sauces, right. and at the end of our four hours, we join and have lo- have lunch. Yeah, yeah. And go. I think this is it's, it's a great way for these students to get to know each other because they spend a lot of time with each other. Yeah, see, uh, that in, is that, so in, in culinary. That's so, so important. So it's really a great way to break bread. Yes, indeed. Well, Marcel, thanks a bunch. It's so good talking to you again. Okay, you, darling. You, you going to join us again? Yeah, sure. All right. Well, y'all take it easy, guys. All right, you too. Thanks, Marcel. Don't eat too much. I will try not to. <laughs> okay. Bye bye. Bye bye. All right.
Ah, always good talking to Marcel Bienvenu again, isn't it? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, she's what? an inspiration. I tell you what, when we come back, we're going to be talking uh, the latest issue of uh, uh, Louisiana Kitchen and Culture Magazine. Yeah. All right, we'll be right back. Welcome back to Around the Table. I'm David Dawson with Jeff Young, and Monsignor Nalti is is taking a little break uh, this weekend because priests do more than just work on Sundays, don't they? <laughs> yeah, they actually have to do other stuff, too, during the week, you know? So from time to time, they need a, a little a little break, a little hey, breather. I used to wonder, why are you guys taking off when all y'all do is work on Sundays? But uh, <laughs> that is not the case at all. I've seen these guys in action, and holy cow, they deserve all the breaks that they can get. That's a, It's an amazing... I'd say job, but it's amazing vocation. It's amazing marriage. It's amazing right. life, yeah. right? Yeah, married yeah. to the people of God. We have an issue of Louisiana. Kitchen and Culture Magazine. That's Louisiana right. Kitchen and Culture Magazine. We talked about this, uh, I guess, a couple of months ago. You know, we had uh, Susan Ford, who who is the uh, uh, pr- uh, publisher of this magazine. We mm-hmm. had her on, I guess it was probably two or three months ago now, and, and we we're very fortunate to have her back on the show today to talk about the exciting stuff that's going on here locally during the summer. Yes, indeed. Hey, Susan. Hi, how are you? Welcome back. Uh, yeah, we're, we're, Susan's going to be a reoccurring guest simply because this magazine, if you don't know about it, Louisiana Kitchen and Culture, is chock-a-block with recipes, and it's all about us, Right. You know, you know, it's uh, it's funny. I, I have to tell you this, Susan. That um, just, I guess, two weeks ago, my wife was at physical therapy, and uh, with her arm, and, and she was talking about the magazine. And while she was talking about it, one of the other uh, p- persons in the office grabbed their iPad, went on, and and and, and subscribed right there on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Tell us, tell us, she'll get commission on that one. Hey, All right. There you go. Well, now, now, let's talk about this issue right here. The issue that, Jeff, you got in front of you is the May-June. It's the May-June issue. Right. And, boy, you talk about a gorgeous cut. Look at that. It's got boiled crab. Got boiled crab and, I want and shrimp that boiled and, crab, yes. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, yeah. I have to tell you, that was one of the best seafood boils I've ever been to. Uh, the, the, the boil recipe, um, the spice recipe that's in the issue is just creates this amazing. This is from scratch, right? Yeah. This isn't your... Uh, your Pre-seasoned in the bag, dump and boil stuff. This is uh, a yep. this is all from uh, this is all from scratch. And and and, and let's talk about uh, some of the other, just to give people an idea, some of the other recipes that are in this issue. Well, it is heavy on seafood, but that's what we eat in the summertime down yeah. here. But um, we've also got an essay that's on Creole tomatoes and mm-hmm. why they're so, so special. And there is a Creole tomato bacon pie. That oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. That, that gets all of the elements in there uh, for something that you need, but lots of ideas on things to do with tomatoes, not just specifically recipes, but just get some ideas. You know, they're finally in the supermarket. Um, they're late this year because we had such a cold spring, but they're, I've, I had my first one night before last, so they're out. There you go. Uh, then we got some barbecue in here. You know, people still barbecue over the course of the summertime. Yep. Um, but I think one of the most interesting pieces that's in the issue, we had Chef Tenny Flynn, who's at GW Fence here in New Orleans, put together a piece on how to cook fin fish you know, from, from the Gulf. Okay. People get really nervous about cooking fish at home because it's very easy to end up with some dry, nasty disaster. Right, right. Is just not good. So Tenny talks a bit about the different kinds of fish and how you can make substitutions, and then he's got a series of sauces that he put together that they were good enough to eat with a spoon. Mm. But um, 
he he is one of the foremost fin fish authorities in the country, and he just takes this down to a level that I think once people get a hold of it, you'll feel much more comfortable about doing fish in your own kitchen, and then have all these great sauces. Susan, too. you 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 know this this is a, a it sounds like a really rough job. Are you forced to, to sacrifice and try all these recipes before they go in <laughs> in your uh, magazine? <laughs> I have to say, unfortunately, yes, I, oh, I do. My it's God. Tough. That's the a things brutal, we do for our brutal. career. <laughs> and uh, when are you hiring again? <laughs> yeah. oh. we're, all, we're always looking for taste buds to come and taste. All right. Oh, okay. okay. Jeff? I'm uh, glad to hear that. Ready to take a road trip with me right across town here? Well, I mean, the thing, some of these sauces, I mean, this is just amazing. you got a red wine sauce. Um, I'm looking, I'm kind of going through the different ones. Uh, um, Golly, the pictures are just gorgeous. Yeah, they are gorgeous the, 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 pictures of the grilled fish that you have there, um, mm-hmm. and that that's and, and so and so you have a you have a sauce to go with these grilled fish. Jeff, you had brought up something uh, before we before we had come off the break, and and you were talking about uh, foods foods that are prepared in a hurry, Louisiana style. And, right. and and there's one thing that intrigues me, Susan, about your magazine is this is stuff that we certainly can re- readily buy. But it's also recipes that we were just talking earlier to Marcel Bienvenue. These are recipes that you can look at and say, yeah, I can do that, instead of something extremely difficult, right? We always try to make sure we have a good mix in the magazine. We do have a lot of very accomplished cooks who, like uh, like me, every once in a while, once a month or so, I want to spend an entire day in the kitchen. Yes. Um, but realistically, most of us don't have that kind of time very often. So we try to make sure that there are, a, you know, a, a dozen, at least a dozen, sometimes two dozen, easy recipes that are going to be 45 minutes at the most. Uh-huh. Um, and we're actually talking about a feature story for early next year where we're going to give you some things to do, where you are going to spend an entire day in the kitchen preparing sauces and, and, and things that you're then going to either can or freeze that you'll have on hand mm. that you can add to a very simple recipe on a weeknight when you're really busy, but it's going to add an incredible amount of flavor and make it taste like you spent the entire day in the kitchen. So I like that. Yeah. Yeah, that's in the pipeline for, for later. And it probably is something that you'll start to see on a regular basis, a page or two on things that you can do that, that are going to take a lot of time. Mm-hmm. But once it's done, you're going to be able to use it for several dishes down the road and yeah. um, be happy with the investment. Got to get back to that. Oh, yeah. 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 You know, uh, it's amazing because in the, in the magazine, in the May-June issue, one of the, the primary or main stories, I guess you'd say, is the, what you have with the, the seafood boil, right? Mm-hmm. And it looks like you just threw a big party. Can you tell us, can maybe give us a little behind-the-scenes mm. kind of view of yeah, what happened? because we, we weren't invited. We're just saying. <laughs> no. okay. well, there was some advanced planning that goes into things like that. Um, when we do, this is what we call our weekend entertaining uh, feature story, which, you know, Louisiana is famous for things happening in people's backyards, a big family gatherings, a big gatherings of friends that involve a lot of food. Sometimes it's potluck. This was all done on site. But... Um, you do bring together a big crowd of people, and we cook and, and prep it all and then stage our shots. And once we're done with what we need for the magazine, it does turn into a big party. Oh, uh, Carlos Knott brought over a bunch of beer from the, um, the Bayou Tesh area from his, his brewery over there. And okay. we had a bunch of chefs that were there that cooked for us, and, uh, but as part of the party. You know, yeah, yeah. That, oh, wow. That's 
part of what is I really enjoy is seeing all these chefs get together and listen to them talk complete geek nerd talk about the kitchen. Yeah. And, and then just effortlessly put all this food on the table. It's, it's amazing, huh? Yeah. I, I do like to watch chefs work. Yeah, I mean, but the thing about this is you got all these pictures of them. Which, I mean, everybody's having a good time, of course, and that's typical for us down here when we're cooking outside and, and having people over. Uh, but in addition to that, all these different chefs shared recipes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're right, which right. Are, which is, uh, hey, I like that too, you know? Okay, so so these guys are putting together this seafood boil, and, and the recipes that they're using, you have in the magazine, so what you've got is, this is their recipes, these are pictures, so you're seeing it in action, and then... You can you can do this at home, right? Here's how you can go do it yourself. Absolutely, I love it. You can get better than that. Yeah, I know. I surveyed our readers earlier this year. I'm a research nerd. I'm a big believer that the more I know about the people that are reading the magazine, the better able we are to put together a magazine that's what they want. Yeah. And um, one of the things that happened that really surprised me, I asked what sort of writers they want to hear from, and they said. Across the board, they want to hear from professional chefs. They want to read about these guys and women. Um, They want their personal stories. So we've introduced a new section that's coming up in the next issue of the magazine that's called The Chef's Table. And um, it's a combination with this first one, is Chef Chris Montero of Cafe B out in Metairie. Mm -hmm. And we we go went into his restaurant and and did some shots and got some recipes from some of the dishes that you'll do there. But he also had us come into his home and he prepared his fam- family's favorite meal, and we were able to shoot that and um, got those recipes as well. And his family is uh, Spanish in descent, and he actually lives in the house that belonged to his grandmother. He learned to cook at his grandmother's knee and is still cooking in that kitchen today. Oh, so, wow, that's awesome. Yeah, those are some of the inside stories that we're able to get because you know the, the quality of the magazine is very good. So the chefs look at it, and they trust us, and know that we're going to make their food look good, yeah. we're going to publish the right kind of recipes, and, and they give us their personal stories, which I think is just wonderful. So all these chefs, they're from the South Louisiana area, right? I think all of these were from South Louisiana. We do this all over the state. Okay, okay, it's great. Like we're planning a trip up to Monroe. Yeah, okay, close. Shortly. That's, that's close enough. That's close yeah. enough. Right, right. Well, you know, uh, one of the things I have to say, uh, I love to boil crawfish during this, you know, during crawfish season and, and shrimp as well. And uh, I, I was on a, a camping trip a couple of weeks ago with my son, and mm. I was gone and eating camp food all all mm. week, which is, mm. um, well, there's a lot that, you know, a lot, yes. of, a lot of room for improvement yes, there with indeed. camp food. But to celebrate the fact that I survived, you know, the wilderness yes. after a week, I, I wanted to do a, a crawfish boil. And uh, I actually took a few hints from the magazine here, and all one right. of them was... The Soul Man Seafood Boil. You know, he okay. added uh, bay leaves. I'd never added bay leaves before. Oh, no, really? And I tell okay. you what, it almost gives it like a, a citrusy type of a, of a flavor. Oh, I was really? really impressed with that. It does, yeah. I put bay leaves in my gumbo, actually. Yeah, me too. Oh, yeah, me certainly. Too. Hey, well, uh, Susan, you got another issue that's going to be coming out in a matter of days. You want to give us a little preview? Sure. I signed off on the final files this morning with my printer, so it's about to go on press. This is, as I said, it introduces the chef's table. It's Chris Montero. Mm -hmm. And one of the dishes that he put together for us was his take on the New Orleans classic barbecue shrimp. Okay. Oh, yeah. And that's what's on the cover for this one. It's shot against this beautiful blue background with the just incredibly delicious-looking shrimp. Mm Mm-hmm. it's really, really pretty. And then we take a road trip up to West Feliciano and Point Coupe. Yep. 
um, 10 recipes using fresh, ripe summer peaches. Yes. Um, something else that our readers had asked to hear about, they wanted some of the old-fashioned grandma recipes. Yeah. So we've, we've got an essay that harks back to Sunday dinner at, Ma- at Mamaw's house. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. So fried chicken and biscuits and um, oh, yeah. greens and just the, the old soul food that I grew up on. And I think a lot of other people did, too. So good it's, it's a cooking. good issue. I, th- I, th- yep. I think I think dining rooms need to come back, and I think Sunday dinner needs to come back. Well, everybody remembers it, so we need to hurry up and start that tradition and, and get and it back good, before everybody forgets it, right? Good country cooking, too, you know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, one of the things that is in the issue was the plate lunches that you can get across the northern part of the state, oh, and wow. they are the soul food. You know, the Lafayette and Cajun yeah. country is known for shrimp and uh, shrimp stew and, and yep. jambalayas and etouffees and things like that on their plate lunches. Well, northern Louisiana... There are some out-of-the-way places where you're going to get real soul food up there. So we've got a roadmap for that Hot as day. well. And it, it really made me want to get in my car and drive up there and have lunch. <laughs> Ooh, that's nice. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll probably do that. Okay, so that issue is coming out. Uh, that will be the July-August issue that that one's coming out. Uh, now, okay, how do people, you know, they're hearing this saying, I must have that magazine. What do they do? You can find the May-June issue still. It's still on the newsstand. This is with the seafood boil on the cover. You'll find it at Rouse's, at Barnes & Noble. We're in some Walgreens, some Walmarts. You can order copies directly from us via our website, which is louisiana.kitchenandculture.com. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you can find us at select locations, actually all over the country. We have some national newsstand distribution. But if you can't get your hands on a copy at your local markets, you can call us which is 504-208-9959, or, again, on our website, louisiana.kitchenandculture.com. And for those not familiar with this magazine, uh, how many recipes would you say per magazine on average? There, there are at least 50 and sometimes as many as 65. So you've got a cookbook here. Oh, yeah. You, you know? Yeah, you, you've got and, – and, and not only that, it is really – uh, quality food in, in this yep. cookbook. This, this isn't something strange that says, well, where am I going to find orange roughy? You know, which I don't even know what that is, but uh, I've, I've seen it in the stores, uh, you know, in the corner, and I don't want to try it. But you know what I'm saying? This is, this is good local food uh, cooked uh, simply enough, right? And then, and then you, you, you can go gourmet if you like in this magazine. So uh, this, is, uh, this is also quite the gift, I think. Uh, this could be a great gift for uh, uh, birthdays or well, any other occasion, huh? Anything, yeah. So. We're coming up. Believe it or not, we're starting to talk about what our holiday promotions are going to be. Holy cow. We have, yeah, we plan that far out in advance. All um, right. Well, Susan, thanks uh, very much. Uh, we're going to be talking to you again real soon. All righty. I appreciate right. it. Thank you. <laughs> thanks for joining us. Bye-bye. Louisiana Kitchen and Culture Magazine. And uh, this this one is the Seafood Boil Edition. That's right. right. That's right. Okay. Uh, yeah, some of the other things. You've got uh, 10 easy recipes for succulent gulf shrimp. Okay. Uh, fast, fresh entrees, Louisiana style. Yep. Uh, and then she does have something to hear about, uh, you know, up north. Up north, you know, like in, in Shreveport. Yeah, yeah. Way up north. <laughs> Secrets in, in Shreveport. Okay. Uh, the stuffed shrimp legacy of Freeman and Harris. Great. Uh, so, yeah, it looks really good. Well, we're going to wish everybody a great 4th of July. Get your pits going. Get your boilers going and enjoy yourself. That's right. We'll see you next week. Take care.